This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Vic Fideli. He spent more than a decade in politics, first as the mayor of North Bay and now as the MPP for Nipissing. He's also the finance critic in the progressive conservative shadow cabinet at Queen's Park and has written a book called Focus on Finance, a look into Ontario's finances. I'm certain he will also have something to say about today's report that Premier Wynne is preparing to shuffle her cabinet after the legislature breaks on June 9th. And Vic Fideli joins us on the line. Pleasure to have you with us here today. Well, Jane, it's my pleasure indeed to be with you. Thank you. What's prompted the writing of this book? You well, you've, you are a published author. Uh, this is the third time around, right? Yes, I do this book every year. It's about a 100-page book called Focus on Finance. And I do it uh, around the time that the budget comes out, just to give sort of a, a fuller appreciation of what the real numbers in Ontario are. Let's start with the basics for listeners, because in this book, you are primarily focused on the Green Energy Investment Agreement. Remind our Ontario voters what that is all about. Well, this was, the short version is the Green Energy Act. And this was back in the George Smitherman days when the government decided we were going to make our energy uh, from wind and solar in addition to uh, uh, water, hydropower, and nuclear and gas. And uh, back in 2011, the Auditor General told us uh, this was a colossal mistake uh, at the time because uh, they did not do a business plan they gave the richest subsidies worldwide, and we had 20-year contracts. And oh, by the way, uh, they had they done a business plan, they would have known that wind makes almost all of its power at night, and subsequently we don't need that power, and we pay United States and Quebec almost every day to take that surplus power. And what is the Samsung connection? Because it's, it's, it's become known as the Samsung deal. The Samsung deal was uh, fell out of that Green Energy Act. It was a sole-sourced contract. $10.5 billion was sole-sourced to Samsung to do two different things. Number one, to provide wind and, pow- wind and solar power at various farms throughout southern Ontario. And number two was to have four different manufacturing plants throughout southern Ontario as well to make wind turbine parts and solar panels. So it was a sole source contract and back in the day Samsung missed their uh, deadlines and the government extended the contract for them. And you believe that the Liberals could have gotten themselves out of the multi-billion dollar Samsung deal for no cost. Explain that. It's more than just me believing it. It's the, it's the once-secret government documents that tell us this. Um, the, during the gas plant scandal, uh, when, when there was a minority government, uh, the RPCs and the NDP banded together to demand 
documents, any document related to energy contracts. And so just before, uh, that's how we found out they deleted documents, and that's why there's a court trial going on in Toronto right now over deleted documents. But just before the 2014 election, Kathleen Wynne dumped several hundred thousand documents on us as part of their obligation. And we still go through those documents on a daily basis. And in those documents, we found a set of, uh, uh, of uh, um, documents that, that were from Ministry of Energy bureaucrats telling the minister, by the way, Samsung missed their deadlines again. This time, we can now cancel the rest of the contract without any penalty and save the taxpayer $5.2 billion. Uh, and by the way, Minister, we don't need the power that they want to sell us anyway. So it's basically, it's no, you know, there's no loss here. We, we can get out of this deal. And, uh, so that was very plain in the, uh, in the documents, clearly marked confidential cabinet documents not to be copied or, or distributed. Um, but you, and you, you did email me um, that particular note that you're talking about um, with the information about the multiple milestone deadlines for phase two and three construction projects having been missed by the Korean consortium. Why would the agreement not have been terminated based on these misses, like just strictly from an objective point of view? There's no reason objectively why they shouldn't have. Here was a chance. The, the, the bureaucrats tell the minister... A, we don't need the power. B, we can, they've missed their deadlines. And C, we can now get out of the contract, the remainder of the contract, without any penalty. You would think the government would jump at the chance. But in those documents that I sent, there's one paragraph that, that gives them a little wiggle spot in it where it says, you know, we've already, you, you might not want to go through with this because you've already told the public how important this deal was. So by cancelling it, you kind of embarrass yourself that, you know, if it was so important, why did you cancel it? Well, wouldn't it be worse to cancel it and have all of that waste rather than extending it and having some waste? It's 30, would have been $30 for every person in Ontario. Every ratepayer would have had a $30 bonus. And yes, it would have been. And yes, it would have been the right thing to do. But what did the government do? They only canceled a portion of it. They canceled $3.7 billion of it, and they still went ahead and bought $1.5 billion worth of power that we don't need, basically to save face, to say, you know, this is such a good deal. Look, we went ahead with it. We want to go to the listeners here on Zoomer Radio as well, Vic Fideli, and we do have you to the top of the hour, which is great, to discuss whether this information you're hearing about the Samsung deal from the finance critic Vic Fideli, is this the last straw for you, the voter? Are you going to change the way you vote in 2018? 416 or one 866 You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. 
Libby returns tomorrow. We're speaking with Vic Fideli, the progressive conservative finance critic at Queen's Park. He's written a new book called Focus on Finance, a look into Ontario's finances. And it primarily looks at the Samsung deal, otherwise known as the Green Energy Investment Agreement. And Vic, just to recap, before we get to the calls here, 416-360-0740, you say, based on documents, from the Liberals that they left $1.5 billion on the table in this Samsung deal. And so effectively, we have another gas plant size scandal. Absolutely. These are from documents that never in their wildest dreams would the Liberals have ever imagined that anybody but their own insiders would ever see. So they were very candid in these documents. These are cabinet confidential documents that we were able to have released and made public. So, you know, what, what they tell us is um, they could have saved $5.2 billion. They opted not to save at all uh, by putting uh, $1.5 billion uh, on the uh, hydro bills that need not have been spent. How many scandals have there been? <laughs> Far too many to answer uh, or to add, but let's just think about it quickly. Ig- ignoring just the scandals, let's look only at the OPP investigations, which takes the scandals you know, more to the legal aspect. You've got Orange Air Ambulance scandal. You've got the gas plant scandal, which is in court right now in downtown Toronto. You've got the Sudbury by-election scandal. That's the bribery scandal. And there's two separate OPP investigations for that. You know, it always seems we we can only get facts from Freedom of Information, Auditor General, Financial Financial Accountability Officer, the gas plant scandal documents, or the OPP. They're the only five sources of the truth we have with this government. Now, the scandals were out there during the last election campaign, but Ontarians voted the Liberals back in. What makes you think that voters will start thinking differently now? Well, I think the fact that they look at their hydro bill now uh, and realize that it is four times higher than it was when this government took office, and there's no, there's no reprieve in sight, uh, and they just treat it as, as if it's their personal piggy bank. Anytime they want to do something, they throw it on the hydro bill and, and go off and spend money. You say four times what it was when McGuinty became premier or when Wynne became premier? When McGuinty became premier. So when the Liberals took office in 2003, hydro was 4.3 cents a kilowatt hour. Today, peak hydro is now over 18 cents. This is uh, beyond, beyond understanding. This has now gotten to the point of pure and absolute waste. And, and do you, how do you feel confident that that increase would not have been there had the PCs been running the province during this time period, or the NDP for that matter? The Auditor General told us that. The Auditor told us, in, in just this is the most recent Auditor's report, in her own words she said two things. Number one, the government, the Liberal government, paid $9.2 billion more for the same amount of green energy they could have bought under the old Tory structure. So we had a structure in place to buy green energy, and the Liberals changed that and made it this generous green energy act of, of, uh, of 20-year contracts and, and spent $9.2 billion more. She also told us we spent $37 billion more 
buying hydro than we took in. And we have $133 billion more to spend on these contracts. So this is what the killer is. The wind and solar that's not needed uh, because it's made at night, uh, the, the wind power is made at night, we spend, we pay the states in Quebec, three. we paid them $3.6 billion. None of that ever happened before. Stan from Toronto, what would you like to say? Uh, comment on Vic Fideli's uh, conversation here today. Yeah, I wanted to thank him for bringing out all the details. Some of these details have been forgotten by the public, but I I would also question his, some of his statements, which may be a little misleading. He claims that the uh, wind and solar power that produced here in Ontario were exported to the states and other places, and uh, th- that's not exactly true. I think the nuclear industry is also responsible for the export of power from Ontario, and I don't, I don't think he should uh, promote that part. And, uh, Vic, Vic, did you want to clarify that? Yeah, or, or Dan, thank you for the comment. Dan, I'm only uh, sharing with you what the Auditor General has told us. So uh, we know from the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers that wind power is only, and for the most part, is made at night. And that wind power is not needed at night. And so that's the, what she has explained to us, that we have paid Quebec and the States 3.6 billion dollars to date exporting our surplus power at night. Now, nuclear generation, uh, water generation, and uh, gas generation, they can be dispatched. We can turn those on and off. Not not as much nuclear, mind you, but the water power and the wind power, you flick a switch and, and you're running a generator without without uh, making any power. Um, so, so I'm only again, Dan. I'm only sharing what the auditor told us. She she was explaining that that that's, uh, that is a penalty of the wind power. Well, even if this scandal you bring to light, or or you do the scandal that you're bringing to light, the money you're saying is left on the table based on the documents you have from the Liberals. There could be criticism here that this is much more linked to McGinty than it is to Wynne. And one could make the argument that there really have been no scandals attached directly to Kathleen Wynne. What do you say to that? No, this was uh, this was uh, spring of 2013, the decision not to uh, not to save the full five point two billion dollars. This rests solely on the uh, uh doorstep of Kathleen Wynne. This was her decision. Uh, now, she had just been uh, she had just been voted by the party as premier in January, correct? Yes, and this would have been June. So, you know, this is not quite a half a year later, but, you know, you're the premier. You made the ultimate decision to, you know, damn the torpedoes full steam ahead. And by the way, the Sudbury by-election scandal, the two OPPs, that's 100% uh, uh, this Premier Kathleen Wynne. This is all on her. This is her uh, her uh, leading uh, liberal uh, people who were caught on tape saying, I'm calling on behalf of the Premier. Yes, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. And interesting to that point, uh, as part of the report that's come out today about the, the expected cabinet shuffle after the legislature breaks June 9th, MPP Glenn Tebow from Sudbury um, reportedly will be headed to cabinet well, now that would not surprise me okay. because, after all, he uh, 
defected from the federal NDP right. and crossed the floor and then crossed the, uh, uh, you know, the line between federal and uh, provincial as well. So there had to have been uh, a reward for that. Uh, if you remember, it was Sudbury was a, uh, a liberal seat. They lost Sudbury to the NDP in the 2014 election. Uh, Mr. Chimino, the man that won, the NDP that won, left office uh, after six months for family reasons, and uh, the Liberals desperately wanted that back. And that would have been uh, certainly something that, uh, in my estimation, would have been expected. Now, I get why, uh, just purely from a personal perspective, that Wynne would bring Tebow into Cabinet, but why would she... In terms of the public perception of that, it's just going to raise the whole by-election scandal to the surface again. Oh, absolutely. But look, uh, everything this government does uh, becomes questionable, either with the financial accountability officer saying, no, those numbers aren't there, the Auditor General saying, uh, you've really done this to the economy where you've told us that. Uh, the OPP that do the investigations that say you deleted files. I mean, we always learn from somebody else the truth. We don't ever, ever, ever learn the truth from Kathleen Wynne and the government. I I, I don't mean to be so forward and so blunt with that, but I've been at this now. This is my second term as an MPP. I've never seen anything like this in my political life. As a former mayor, you always told the people what was accurate. In, in provincial politics, sadly, it just seems to say they seem to tell us whatever benefits the Liberal government. And I'm, I'm sorry to have to say that, but that is just the absolute fact of what I've learned. As part of this cabinet shuffle, the report today, and I just want to finish this conversation up before we get back to the calls, Kathleen Wynne wants to move, according to the Star, from a policymaking mode to implementation as the Liberals gear up for re-election in 2018. And it would appear there are a lot of backbenchers who will be creating this new look cabinet. Your thoughts on this, the strategy around this? Well, two things. First, their government has always been aspirational and never operational. So I can see why uh, everything they talk about sounds good on paper, well, at least to some people anyway, but they don't know how to implement it. So they've been an absolute failure to connect with anything. You know, we're going to give 15%, we're going to lower your insurance rates by 15% by August of 2015. Well, they fell flat. It was a very aspirational uh, goal, but they had no plan to make it operational. So I could see why she now tries to, will try to put people who will actually be able to uh, at least attempt to kick it over the field goal, uh, over the goalpost. But, you know, her front bench is very, very tired. Uh, this government uh, is mired in scandal. She has to change these people. They're, they all got caught with these fundraising quotas. This minister has to raise 400000 This minister has to raise 500000 They had a pay-to-play system put in place, and they've created a culture of corruption in Ontario. When you have four OPP investigations, you know, that, that, that really has created that culture. And so it, it's obvious she has to change and so, uh, you know, uh, she, she's got a, a limited backbench to draw from as well. So it'll be interesting to see what, the, what, they put, what they pull together. But I'll tell you, everything they do 
is for the benefit of the Liberal Party to be re-elected. It's never for the benefit of the people of Ontario. 416-360-0741-866-744-740. Still time for your calls on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Jane for Libby and Jerry in Burlington. Your comments today. Yes. Um, uh, one of the reasons I think our electricity rates are so high, and Vic, please correct me if I am wrong, but it is the fact that we are forced uh, to use the electricity created by green power before uh, buying electricity that's much cheaper using the regular means. And that's why, you know, we, we have to use because they made us do it. Do it. Is that correct, Vic? Uh, Jerry, you are absolutely correct. So, so let's take that to what that to the next step of what that means. So, yes, under the Green Energy Act, uh, the power must be uh, purchased by the government whenever it's made. So, you've got the most expensive power contracts out there. The government uh, is forced under their own contract to take that power and then foist it on the people. But what happens at noon? Let's just take noon on a day that's windy and all of a sudden you do make wind power. It's rare, but it happens. Uh, so the, 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 the electricity planning people do not plan on buying any wind power that day, but they've got to buy all the power we're going to need for the day. All of a sudden wind comes up and it, and it makes wind power. Now they're forced to buy that power, but they've already bought all the power for the day. So here's where the expense comes in. We spill water over Niagara Falls and don't run our generators, even though we're already paying for that power. That cost us almost $300 million a year, by the way, to spill water over Niagara Falls. Now, I met with the president of um, Bruce Power a short while ago, and he told us the horror story that when wind really blows and they cannot spill any more water over Niagara Falls, that's when they order the nuclear plant to shut down. And Mm. they did it five different days the year before last, cost $80 million dollars. So that's why we talk about wind and solar contracts being so expensive for Ontario. It's the law of unintended consequences. It's, it's what that caused to happen. Okay, Laura, you're on Fight Back. Go ahead, your comments. Yes, I would like to know why we have to... Uh, we have to pay the states to take our power at night. Okay. What, what that is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard of. Why? And another thing, all this talk about green power, what the heck do you think water power is? Well, Laura, you are absolutely right. Think about this. Now, now my numbers will be a little off because I was energy critic for Ontario from 2011 to 13. Not to interrupt, Vic, but we just have a minute left. I'll be very quick then. Uh, Basically, the, the, the problem is... We, you can't, we, when you make power, you can't store it. And so you've got to get rid of it right away. And the only place we can do it is the states in Quebec, and we pay them to take it. Okay. Well, we appreciate your answers and your delving into this. Um, as voters, we're like educated consumers. The more information we get, the better prepared we'll be when 2018 rolls around. So we wish you all the best with your latest book, Focus on Finance, a look into Ontario's finances. The finance critic for the progressive conservative shadow cabinet, Vic Fideli, thank you for your time. A pleasure, Jane. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.